Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I am always so glad that you've come back for another episode. And thanks especially to those of you who keep sending your questions and your comments and your feedback to me via email. Keep it coming because that is why I do the show. Also wanted to ask real quick before we dive in, if we are connected on Facebook and Instagram, uh, the Facebook page is Primal Potential Fat Loss, the Instagram account is at Elizabeth Benton, and I share a lot of random thoughts and motivating messages on both of those, and I also do a lot of my personal food pictures on Instagram if you are curious about what I eat and things like that. Now, speaking of what I eat, there is something that I don't eat even though it is kind of technically sometimes a whole food. And I've been seeing this pop up in a lot of emails from you listeners in the tracking documents that I look at for people I either do consultations with or my own coaching clients. And it's something that I'm realizing many of you see as a healthy snack since it is really kind of a whole food, but it is not a healthy snack. It is not fat loss friendly, and it should be treated no differently than a candy bar in terms of the frequency of our consumption when we are seeking fat loss, okay? I sent out an email this past weekend to everybody on my free VIP email list sharing my thoughts on what I think is this kind of nightmare food from a fat loss perspective, and I was kind of surprised by how many of you were surprised by it. And so that made me realize, gosh, I really need to share this on the podcast. So here we go. And I'm going to be really direct right out of the gate. Dried fruit, dried fruit is not a fat loss friendly snack. It is not. In fact, it often has more sugar than a candy bar. And I'm not kidding. I'm going to prove that to you. So please do not eat dried fruit thinking that it is healthy or fat loss friendly because it is neither. Let me kind of back up for a second and go back to the basics about fruit in general. Fruit is a carbohydrate, right? All carbohydrates are made up of building blocks of simple sugars. And I got a few email responses saying, oh my gosh, I had no idea that dried fruit was sugar. And I totally get it, especially thanks to diet programs like Weight Watchers that say fruit and veggies are quote unquote free. 
Every food is either carbohydrate, protein, or fat. Nothing is immune from those classifications. And I was talking to my trainer the other morning and he was sharing that one of his friends was saying, hey man, you know, I, I haven't had any carbs and I don't know why I'm not losing weight. And so he asked him what he had been eating and he starts listing off all these fruits and vegetables. And we were like, um, yeah, so those are carbohydrates because starch is not the only carb out there, right? I mean, bread, pasta, pretzels, those are the obvious ones. Those are carbohydrates, but fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates too. All carbohydrates are made up of the same building block. Remember, every macronutrient, fat, protein, carbohydrate, is basically a structure of the same building block. So the building blocks of fats are fatty acids. The building blocks of proteins are amino acids. And the building blocks of all carbohydrates, no matter what kind, is sugar, okay? Now, some carbohydrates are going to have more building blocks than others. It's just like if you literally take a thing of blocks, you can make towers of all shapes and sizes. You can have a little one, you can have a big one, you can have a huge one, you can make a city. And it's the same thing with carbohydrates. Some carbs have more sugar. Some carbs will deliver more sugar to your system during metabolism because that's when it's all broken down to the simplest part, which is these simple sugars. And vegetables are an example of that. They are very low sugar to begin with, they are still a carbohydrate, still made up of the same building blocks of simple sugars. And not to get off on a tangent here because we do wanna talk about dried fruit, but the fiber in vegetables plus the water content, right, it kind of blunts the impact on your blood sugar. So when I talk about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, I'm not talking about broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. I'm talking about your starchy vegetables, potatoes, sweet potatoes, squash, then your fruits, your beans, all of those things. So when we talk about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, we are talking about fruit and wheat and pasta and grains and beans. Those are higher in sugar, lower in water, and usually much lower in fiber than the vegetables. So they have more sugar, they have more of an impact on your blood sugar, which means a bigger insulin response, which means out of fat burning mode. Now, back to fruit and dried fruit, okay? Dried fruit being the anti-fat loss snack, not a good choice. When we look at fresh fruit, there's a lot of nutrients there, right? A lot of water there and a good bit of fiber there too. Dried fruit is different. You are concentrating all of those sugars and the dried fruit usually has about three times more sugar, often more, than the fresh fruit and we eat far more because it's so much smaller. It takes up so much space. A handful of dried fruit could be the equivalent of three pieces of the whole fruit, right? So it's really easy to overdo it and you've got a very concentrated delivery of sugar. Plus, most of the stuff you buy at the store has added sugar, added preservatives, added fats as stabilizers to keep the fruit from sticking together, okay? So... We'll, we'll talk more about that. But the example that I gave when I emailed my VIP list last weekend was imagine if you take a bottle of Gatorade, right? We all know that Gatorade is sugar water, right? Imagine you suck out all the water. What are you left with? When you remove all of the water from Gatorade, a big pile of sugar, right? And that's essentially what we do when we dry fruit. And then oftentimes, again, we add more sugar and other things 
But also keep in mind, and if you have not listened to the episode from a couple weeks back on fructose, which is the primary type of sugar found in fruit, you definitely need to. But fructose is unique in that it is the most lipogenic carbohydrate, meaning most readily turned to fat. So we have a concentrated dose of fructose that is very easy to overeat and overconsume because it's been dehydrated, right? That fructose has a very unique metabolic pathway, making it far more likely to be turned into fat, plus it does not trigger our satiety signals. Okay, so we don't feel full and we're hitting our system hard with sugar and we're hitting our system hard with a particular type of sugar that is far more readily turned to fat. Okay, no bueno. All right, so if you haven't listened to that episode on fructose, I will link to it in the show notes over at primalpotential.com, but you definitely need to do that. When we compare the sugar content of a half a cup of fresh fruit with a half a cup of dried fruit, and and let's be real here, who's eating a half a cup either way, right? I mean, a, a, a handful is a half a cup. Most of us kind of keep digging into it over and over again. Let's use the example of cranberries, okay? A half a cup of fresh cranberries, first of all, you probably wouldn't do that because they'd be so tart, right? But then when they're dried, it's a different story because we throw them in with some nuts and we go to town. A half a cup of fresh cranberries has two grams of sugar, okay? Not bad. A half a cup of dried cranberries, if the fresh has two, how much do you imagine the dried has? Maybe twice as much, three times as much? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. 15 plus times as much. Instead of two grams of sugar in the half a cup of fresh cranberries, we have 37 grams of sugar in a half a cup of dried cranberries. That is a massive, massive difference. A half a cup of fresh cranberries, you've got two grams of sugar. A half a cup of dried cranberries, 37 grams of sugar. Might as well have a candy bar, right? And again, most of us don't just have one or two dried apricots. We have, you know, two or three handfuls, all right? Now, if we look at the total sugar content, let's say we're going to use a standard amount of different types of foods, right? 100 grams, 100 grams of a candy bar, 100 grams of fresh fruit, 100 grams of a dried fruit. Let's look at the sugar content and you will see that dried fruit looks much more like a candy bar than it does fruit, okay? And I'm going to put this graphic up on the show notes at primalpotential.com so that you can see it because sometimes it's easier to see the visual, but I'm going to talk you through it here. So we're talking about 100 grams of a food, right? If you were to weigh out 100 grams of a candy bar, of fresh fruit, of dried fruit, and we're going to compare, we're going to compare the total grams of sugar per 100 grams of the item, okay? So your total grams of sugar in 100 grams of an Almond Joy candy bar is about 45. You've got 45 grams of sugar per 100 grams of an Almond Joy. Now, if we take a whole apple, a fresh, not dried apple, 100 grams of raw, not dehydrated apple is 13 grams of sugar. Not bad, right? A whole lot better than the Almond Joy. Now let's look at dried apricots, okay? 
100 grams of dried apricots has 39 grams of sugar. That's right up there with the Almond Joy, right, that had 44 compared to the fresh apples, which only had 13. A Butterfinger candy bar, 100 grams of a Butterfinger candy bar has about 49 grams of sugar. Well, that's got nothing on dried figs. 100 grams of dried figs, 62 grams of sugar. 100 grams of dried mango, 73 grams of sugar. 100 grams of raisins, 65 grams of sugar. So with the dried figs, the dried mango, the raisins, we are way higher than the Almond Joy or the butter or the Butterfinger. And the dried apricots are right up there too, right around 40 grams of sugar per 100 grams. So guys, can you see here, when we were talking about the whole apple, not dried, 100 grams of that, only 13 grams of sugar, right? You take 100 grams of dried figs, and you're talking 62 grams of sugar. That is crazy. And remember again, that the type of sugar in fruit does not trigger your satiety signal. So you could go to town and munch, munch, munch away on this stuff and never feel full, which is why when it comes to like trail mix and things like that, we just, we can't stop. Because not only are we getting that sugar rush that is addictive, it has that addictive quality, we don't trigger our satiety. That is why I write regularly. If I make the mistake of buying trail mix, it usually becomes bird food, literally out the window of my car because I just don't do it. Now, there are a couple other quick points I want to make about dried fruit because it's not just about the sugar. When we remove all the water, which is what we do when we dehydrate fruit, right? We're leaving the water in there, but without we're, I'm sorry, we're not leaving the water in there. We're removing the water, but we're, le we're leaving in the fiber, okay? Which is why many people will eat dried fruit as a laxative. Because when you don't have the water, it can't digest all that fiber nearly as well, okay? So it really causes a major stress on your digestive system to get that concentrated sugar and fiber without the water, no bueno. Plus, to add insult to injury, then you've got the preservatives. If you're buying this from a store, it is going to have preservatives, okay? Those preservatives are not healthy options. They're certainly not going to be a big rock in terms of fat loss, but they are not. I mean, why do we want to introduce preservatives into our body? We don't. We, I mean, that's simple. We don't, right? And also uh, some unstable vegetable oils like sunflower oil. These are crop oils, more like kind of um, not high quality fats, right? But unstable, unsaturated fats that, that break down in the body and are likely to go rancid both in the package and in our own body. And remember that the fats we consume get incorporated into our cellular structure. So when we consume these unstable fats that are very likely to be rancid, either in the package or in our body, that means we have unstable fats making up the membranes of our cells. And that is not a good situation either. Now, if you're thinking, well, good thing I dehydrate my own fruit. 
well, sure, you don't have the issue of the preservatives and you don't have the issue uh, of any rancid oils in there, but the sugar issue is still a major issue. You have a very concentrated source of sugar and a particular sugar that is not only not going to trigger your satiety uh, factors or feelings of fullness, but also is the most lipogenic carbohydrate out there, most likely to be con uh, converted to fat. I will say as a caveat, if you are baking cookies or brownies or making ice cream and you want to use dried fruit as a substitute for pure sugar, first of all, from a common sense perspective, let's think about this. Obviously, this dried fruit is extremely high in sugar if it can substitute for pure sugar, because otherwise, why not use whole fruit, whole fruit right? So it's clearly very high in sugar. But if you want to use it as a substitute for pure sugar, go for it. But just don't kind of put yourself under the delusion that a paleo brownie or a paleo cookie or a whole foods brownie or a whole foods batch of ice cream is like, free because it's from Whole Foods. Now, treats are still treats, and I don't think any of us feel like, you know, having ice cream or cookies or whatever on a every single day basis is the best approach for fat loss. So you certainly can use it as that substitution, but realize it is what it is. It's sugar. It's just pure sugar being dumped in there, okay? So the bottom line takeaway of this episode is that dried fruit is not a healthy snack any more than a Butterfinger is, right? It doesn't mean you can never have it or you should never eat it or if you totally love it, you're now, you know, without your lost love. No, you can do it. Just don't do it thinking that it's going to burn fat for you any more than having a candy bar every single afternoon is, you know, that's just not going to work. So the best way to approach this in general for fruit is remember that fruit is a carbohydrate and we will see the most significant fat loss progress when we follow the golden rules for carbs and fat loss. That means having carbs at the right time, which is the end of the day. And I will link to the carbs and fat loss post up on the show notes at primalpotential.com, but the carbs at the right time, which is the end of the day. If you don't know why that is, definitely check out the carb timing episode talking about how the morning time is the worst time to have your carbs when your goal is fat loss. Then you want to really make sure you're focusing on quality. Obviously, whole fruit is going to be much higher quality than dried fruit. Then you want to focus on quantity. Just because it is a fruit or a vegetable doesn't mean you can eat it with abandon, right? So start around that half cup point, monitor your results, monitor your bi your hormonal biofeedback, things like hunger, energy, cravings, mood, quality of sleep, right? And monitor your progress. When you find your sweet spot, then stay there. You might find that maybe you do better with a quarter a cup of carbohydrates, or you might find that you can do three quarter cups or you can do a half a cup twice a day. Everybody's carb tolerance is different. And in fact, I did an episode on that as well. Why some people can have more carbohydrates and stay lean, whereas other people walk past a bread basket and seem to like gain 20 pounds. I hear you. I'm one of you. I can relate. But I did an entire episode that I will link to in the show notes on carb tolerance and not only why people's carbohydrate tolerance is different, but also how you can improve your carb tolerance. And since I'm talking about resources, all those are free resources, if you find that you have a lot of questions about carbohydrates and fat loss, beans, wheat, right, um, whether it's um, soybeans or black beans or you're curious about ketosis or 
fruit in general, I have an entire e-course on carbohydrate strategies for fat loss. We talk about gluten. We talk about, uh, you name it, every type of carbohydrate, wheat, that you can imagine we go through its impact on fat loss and how you can get the best fat loss results. And we also talk a lot about improving that carbohydrate tolerance bringing the hormones into balance so that you can get your body to a point where you can more readily consume carbohydrates and still maintain the body composition that you want and desire. Plus, there's a ton of great recipes and meal ideas in that course that adhere to the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. So you can find that on primalpotential.com under the work with me tab, but I will also link to it in the show notes. I'm telling you that course is jam-packed full of information. If you find that you have a lot of questions about the gluten, the fruit, the beans, all of the alcohol, we cover all of that stuff in that course. So keep the questions coming. This dried fruit one is an awesome one. I hope this was helpful to you, and I hope you will get on the email list over at primalpotential.com so that you can send me your challenges, your struggles, your questions, because that is why I'm here. So we will talk to you soon. And until the next episode, keep in touch with me. Bye-bye.